Welcome to the Spirit Restored Podcast. This is where the curiosities of spiritualism meet the belief systems of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This podcast is only for those with an open mind. Join Ken Adams on his quest to find higher planes of spiritual experience. Hello, happy Sunday. I hope everyone's doing really well. Um, recently, I was having a conversation with a friend who's no longer in the church. And this friend of mine asked me and said, asked if I believe the church is true, because this is a relevant question to my friend, because I do a lot of research about the church, both anti-Mormon literature, his church history, all of the history, because I really don't care uh, that someone who disagrees with the church writes something, or I don't care if someone looks at some part of colored history of the church and brings it to my attention. Well, this, this was an interesting question to me, actually, which I'll probably get to next week, but also this idea that there's like a pro- LDS or anti-Mormon or ex-Mormon kind of thing in the world. And, and, and it's pretty prevalent on things like TikTok, right? And it's like these two sides going at it of like, well, I'm really, really LDS or someone's like, I'm really, really not. But they're all talking about the same stuff and they're all educating about temple worship and the Book of Mormon and church history and polygamy and all of these things. And I'm like, they're essentially doing the same thing, just they both feel differently about it. And so um, I'll share more of my true feelings about that near the end. But one thing I notice also is it isn't just in the church, you know, it's also things like Roe versus Wade abortion case got being overturned. And in fact, I was in church and uh, this was an important conversation that was happening in Elders Quorum when people were discussing, these elders in Elders Quorum were discussing Roe versus Wade. And I started to notice that some of the men in the group started getting heated and upset about how people could believe that abortion's a good thing, that they're so misled and really kind of was getting judgmental to me. And so usually at these moments in church, I decide to speak up and say something because I want to highlight something that maybe they haven't considered before. In fact, that's what I always do with my clients. I really want them to figure out things that they haven't considered before. And I remember I had a client that she was having some under like misunderstandings about how to make money and how to think about money and to let it come into her life more abundantly. And it came down to that. There were really like two voices in her head, right? There's, and maybe you've experienced this before. That's like, Hey, I've wanted to make more money, but I'm scared to do what it takes to do it. Or I want to, um, create a voice for myself in public speaking, but I'm worried I'll get judged or not have time for my family. Or I want to take my business to the next level, but I don't want to lose my family relationships in the process. You've probably had these kind of experiences before. In fact, I hope that uh, some of you listeners, those that listen to this, that live in Utah, you might like to know that I'm putting something on soon 
uh, at my house that is basically designed because someone gave me a comment about my podcast <laughs> and said, this sounds like things you would talk about around a campfire uh, as the sun goes down and to have really deep conversations about some of these topics. Well, I'm going to have an announcement at the end of this episode today that will talk about that. It's going to be a totally free offering for me. And I just want to facilitate more conversation about this in a private setting. And I'll, I have an announcement about that. So have, here's a question for you related to all this stuff. Have you ever found yourself fighting for what's right? Have you ever found yourself fighting for what you believe is true? Have you ever caught yourself in a debate with a family member about politics? And it seems like both of you think you're perfectly correct. Or have you ever felt judged for your decisions or judged others for their decisions? Have you ever felt like there was no way to get what you wanted without hurting other people? Well, this fight for what you believe in, what we believe in as a human race has been around for a long time. This fight for truth has been around ever since the fall of Adam and Eve. So in, when we think about the fall of Adam and Eve, what we want to talk about first is before the fall of Adam and Eve, what was reality like? What was life like, right? So everything was whole in that moment. Yeah, everything was whole. And wholeness is similar to receiving all truth, to being totally true is something that is whole. And so just, just examples, things to think about. Before the fall of Adam and Eve, clothing was unnecessary. So Adam and Eve didn't wear clothing. There was also no such thing as work. Work was unnecessary before the fall of Adam and Eve. Food and water weren't necessary for nourishment. Um, there was no darkness to contrast the light. There was no perception of good and evil. Before Eve, there were no children. And, and before Eve, there, there was just Adam. And before Adam, there were just gods. And since there were just gods and with their perfect creations, there was only truth. Because really, how do you know when you have truth is when you're finally at the source of all truth, which is God. And so when it was just God and his creations, that was perfect truth. So when he created Adam and Eve, that was as close to perfect truth that humanity's ever come to. Yeah, and up until the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which I'll get to. So you have to understand then what is the opposite of truth, right? If truth is something that's wholeness, right, where a lot of things become unnecessary, things like work and clothing and food and water as a result of knowing the truth. Yeah, not saying that we're going to be naked after we know the truth, <laughs> not saying that. I'm just saying before we before Adam and Eve started knowing good and evil, there was no need for clothing because there was no sin. There was no malice, malintent, no good and evil, right? So anyway, let's think of what a lie is. A lie is something that's created not by God, whether by Satan or man. It's a belief created not by God. Truth are beliefs created by God. Truth are beliefs and systems created by God. And a lie are beliefs and systems created not by God, whether by Satan or by man. So let's let's have that be really clear as we talk about more why you don't need to fight for truth. Okay. So let's talk about Adam and Eve first, though. If so, why have a fall from truth is a really good 
philosophical question. Why have a fall from truth? If Adam and Eve were in a state of blissful existence of near perfect truth, then why fall away from that? Well, God knew that it was necessary. So he created the first environment where a limitation could be perceived. So I'm being very careful in how I say that. I'm not saying that God created a limitation. God created an environment where a limitation could be perceived. So he gave Adam and Eve two conflicting commandments. Whenever there is a conflict, then that implies a limitation to freedom. Because by choosing one, you lose the other. And that actually is also a lie. You don't have to only choose one thing and lose another. That's one of those lies of Satan that you can't have at all. So here's the problem. Adam and Eve were not used to being limited. And by choosing to partake of the fruit of the tree of good and evil, they chose a life of judgment. And where there is judgment, there are parts. And when I say parts, that means that uh, these are beliefs that have sprouted from something that used to be true. And usually both parts are falsities. They're, neither are true, usually. And what needs to happen is these parts need to be brought back into the great whole. So, and whenever there are parts, then there are going to be limitations to freedom. So what are parts? Parts are lies that were created when truth was lost. And lies create limitations to freedom. So the fall was when the first lie was believed and the truth started to disintegrate. And so did the immortality and the freedoms that Adam and Eve enjoyed. So lies will always divide and truth will always unify. So as we talk about this, I think it's important to think about the word sin. And this will all relate. This is all going to tie back into truth and why you shouldn't fight for truth. So after the fall of Adam and Eve, mankind began to sin. And in the book of 1 John, chapter 3, verse 4, it defines the word sin. Sin is the transgression of the law. In Greek, the word for sin is hamartia or hamartia. I don't know how it's pronounced. Or a, and it's defined as a failing to hit the mark. That's what sin is, a failing to hit the mark. It means to not be true, basically. Do it's a behavior based in a lie. And the word for transgression is anomia, which means without law or against the law. So in that scripture, it says sin is the transgression, right? So it is the missing of the mark, a failing to hit the mark without law. Yeah. Basically, it means being deceived and behaving in a way of deception instead of in the truth of God's laws. So what does Satan do? He gets people to believe lies, yeah, so that they sin. And a sin is a behavior that follows a belief that's a lie. So truth will always abide by the laws of the universe that God has created. So sinning is basically living outside the majestic power of the laws of the universe. So whenever someone is sinning, it's a problem because they are not whole, they're living in parts, and these parts create limitations. And these limitations keep you from knowing the truth and keep you from acting according to the laws of God, which will bring you the most prosperity, wealth, abundance, and joy. Okay, so 
this idea of fighting for truth, right? We're staying along with this. Here's some scriptures that are very important. Yeah, so in the book of John, Jesus Christ says in chapter 8, verse 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So this implies that as we were talking about sin, as we were talking about limitations, lies, lies create sin, and sin puts you in bondage. So what he's saying is, you will know you have the truth when you feel free again. Yeah, so the... It, it was an interesting response from the Pharisees after he said this, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And so what he's saying is sin is missing the mark. And this is, I did verify this. This is the same word that was in 1 John. It is the word hamarsha, and it means missing the mark. So sin is missing the mark, which means it will not abide forever. But the Son does by abide forever. And if the Son, if you're with the Son, then you'll be free because the Son is the truth. Yeah, he only speaks the truth and brings the truth. So Jesus is saying that when you know the truth of God's laws that he put into the universe, then you will be free from the lies that keep you from experiencing true freedom that those laws will give you. Because I think we have like a misconception about laws, right? We kind of feel maybe we're bound to laws. Well, God's laws, we're actually not bound to God's laws, what, what's going on is we can choose to abide by the law or not. And when we abide by the law, it will make life much easier. So some of the laws that you might think of is like the law of abundance or the law of attraction or the law of chastity. Yeah. The law of sacrifice. All of these things have major benefits for following them, which I'll probably do some future episodes about this specifically. And if I don't remind me, so here's the big thing. This is where we're going to get into the concept that you should not fight for truth. Stop fighting for truth. Okay, here's why. There's two wonderful scriptures in the Book of Mormon that have helped me massively in my life that will help you understand how you do not need to fight for truth, that you can just stop. So the first thing is, how do we identify truth, right? And in the Book of Mormon, there's a book called Moroni in chapter 10, verse 6, it says, and whatsoever thing is good is just and true. Wherefore, nothing that is good denieth the Christ, but acknowledgeth that he is. So when you are seeking for truth, it will inevitably point to Christ. And if you want to know what's one of the names of Christ, his name is the Prince of Peace. I'll get back to that. Okay, but... Also, in 3 Nephi chapter 11, verse 29, this is when Jesus arrived in the Americas in the Book of Mormon. And this is one of the very first things that he said as soon as he met the people. He said, very, very, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hath the spirit of contention is not of me, but is of the devil, who is the father of contention. And he stirreth up the hearts of men to contend with anger one with another. Behold, this is not my doctrine, to stir up the hearts of men with anger, one against another. But this is my doctrine, that such things should be done away. 
So when you read that verse, those two verses actually, what's problematic about fighting for truth? Right? Well, contention is not of Jesus Christ. If you feel like you're fighting your life in, in, in your life in any way, shape, or form, that's because you have believed a lie of Satan. That's because you've believed in the parts that have broken off from truth. And all of those parts are not true. None of those parts are true. Yeah? You believe something that's not true, and so you feel like you're fighting for it. Whenever you feel like you're fighting for a belief, odds are what you're fighting for is not true. So even if you're if you're fighting to protect what you think is true, you are still fighting. And this is one of the most subtle deceptions of Satan. He will use your convictions against you to influence you to judge other people, especially those that oppose your beliefs. So how do you know when you find truth? It will set you free. And there will be no contention within your mind nor without. In fact, the biggest indicator that you have found truth is an immense feeling of peace. This is why Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. I told you I would get back to that. Peace is what happens when there is no more conflict. But we need to choose it so we can both have our agency while live also living in a blissful state of joy, which is the state that God lives in. This brings context to the scripture in the Book of Mormon that says, Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. And you cannot have joy until you choose to have it. So the fall was totally necessary because if you think about it, it's like, why, why dis- disintegrate truth? Why make truth more difficult to find? Well, now it put Adam and Eve in the position of being able to value truth being able to choose it over other things, being able to choose God's laws, being able to choose abundance, to choose uh, being free from judgment, to choose truth, yeah? So once you're able to choose that and make and decide to live according to the truth, the most true laws that God has, that's when you'll have joy. And you'll have more and more joy. And the way that you know you find that truth is by an immense feeling of peace. Yeah. So in the scriptures, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19, it says, and this is about Jesus Christ, about his resurrection, about Adam and Eve. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. And so what's happening here in this scripture is it's showing that Jesus Christ is restoring truth. His life, his mission restored the truth that was lost from the time of Adam and Eve, which no prophet was able to do until Jesus Christ. There was not a single prophet in the Bible that restored all the truth until Jesus Christ came. Because one of those truths that Jesus Christ restored was resurrection. Rather than being dead forever, right? He and and being mortal, he brought back the truth of immortality. He brought back the truth of eternal life. And that's something that was lost when Adam and Eve fell. But now Jesus Christ made it possible so all can be alive again. So here's another scripture about 
why you must learn truth and that truth will mean that you become more whole and more one. Yeah. So this is in a revelation given to Joseph Smith. This is in the Doctrine and Covenants chapter or section 38, verse 26 and 27. It starts with a parable. And the parable is this. For what man among you having 12 sons and is no respecter of them, and they serve him obediently? And he saith unto the one, Be thou clothed in robes, and sit thou here. And to the other, Be thou clothed in rags, and sit thou there. And looketh upon his sons, and saith, I am just. So basically saying, a dad's got two sons. One he clothes in really nice clothes, and the other one he puts in rags, and he looks upon him and says, I'm a just father. There's not. There's no man that can say that that has 12 sons. So then also Jesus says, Behold, this I have given unto you as a parable, and it is even as I am. I say unto you, Be one. And if ye are not one, ye are not mine. So that's the important scripture right there. When you think about fighting for truth, when you think about contention, when you think about conflict, if you're not one, you're not Christ. You don't need to be fighting your neighbor or your family members or anybody for that matter over things that may or may not be true. And it's most likely that if you're fighting, if you're needing to fight for it, you actually have believed a lie. Because someone who actually knows the truth will not even need to defend it because the truth can stand on its own two feet. The problem is that we don't believe we can stand on our own two feet and we start fighting for truth because we feel threatened that we're not living our lives appropriately or in the right path. So now instead of fighting for truth, you can say, well, why why am I creating more contention? Why am I in this position where I'm, I feel like I have to fight for what I believe? Yeah. You can instead say, if I feel like I have to fight for what I believe, then that's probably a lie of Satan. I'm probably believing something is not true. And so if you think about it, this fight for truth is messed up linguistically, right? Because truth will never involve fighting. And that's something you have to understand whenever you get into debates or arguments, or maybe someone says, Hey, like, I don't believe in what you believe. The Book of Mormon's a sham, or I don't believe Joseph Smith was a good person because he had a lot of wives, that kind of stuff. You don't need to fight them. If you truly know the truth, you're not going to need to fight at all. And in reality, those things are not much of a concern for me. I just believe in the principles, right? And if you apply the principles in your life, then you're going to know what's true. If you apply the principles from the scriptures, you're going to start knowing what's true. So here's, here's the announcement I wanted to give. Also, now that we're near the end of this podcast episode, I'm going to be doing some uh, bonfires in my house. And I want to invite whoever wants to come, they can come and we're going to talk about some of these topics. Yeah. Um, Part of what I love to do is exploring limitations that people have in Christianity and in the LDS church and debunking them. That's what I love to do is debunk limitations. I love to help people resolve the parts that they've created in their, in their minds, resolve the conflict that's there. That's totally unnecessary and to get rid of excuses so that they can explore more 
of their life. And in fact, that client that I had that had created these parts in her mind, what I had her do was very interesting. I had her have a conversation between her ego and her higher self. And she was sitting there and she was having this conversation. They were going, she was going back and forth between the two. It was uh, not really standard procedure for me, but I felt like it would have been very helpful in the moment. So she had this conversation and what it came down to was this higher version of herself was able to convince her ego to just relax about making money, just relax about going for the dream because they can do it together. The ego and the higher self were being integrated in that moment. They were becoming whole. They were healing. The ego was able to heal because the higher self had a voice and was able to talk to it. In fact, this is what I do with my clients all the time because really, who should be directing our lives? And if you think about it in a religious term, we need to let God direct our lives. Yeah. And we do it with God. We create with him. And if we're unable to let him direct and guide our lives, then it's probably because we've created some parts of truth and we're not believing the whole truth. So when I was in elders quorum, I raised my hand when they were talking about the abortion case. And I said, well, here's the thing. The law is never going to solve abortion. And actually abortions have gone down over the years. And here's some nuances that happen. If someone wants an abortion, they're going to go find it. That's one thing. If someone, uh, and, and really what's going on is most people don't actually want an abortion. They get an abortion. Some women go in and get an abortion because their father threatens their life unless they get an abortion. Or their boyfriend threatens their life. Or the boyfriend just says, I'm out of here. I'm not going to be part of that child's life. Or the mom just says like, hey, this is like a poverty issue and I can't pay for the child and education. But no one is actually wanting to like abort babies and kill them. That's not really something that people want that have abortions. So it's a little bit more complicated. And I, and I said in Elder's Quorum, I said, the law won't solve this. Even if we make it illegal, it's still not going to solve it. The only thing that will solve abortion is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because when people actually overcome their fears, then they'll no longer be doing these behaviors of threatening a woman that got pregnant or being scared to provide for a child that gets born. Those fears will go away when you have true faith in Jesus Christ. And so the only solution is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And everyone in Elders Quorum, there was just feeling of peace that was like, what? I can't believe he said something like that. <laughs> and, and what happened was they start fighting over the issue. And I brought it to their attention. I said, if you feel like you need to fight for this, that's a deception of Satan. You don't need to fight because fighting for truth, if you really found the truth, there's not going to be a fight. So when someone asked, you know, if I'm pro LDS or anti LDS, or I saw all those things on TikTok about that, <laughs> I'm neither pro nor anti LDS. I don't really care to be on a side. What I want is truth. What I want is to know God. What I want is to know Jesus Christ. And what I want is to live that truth. I want that peace that comes with knowing everlasting truth. I don't care if someone's trying to fight for their religion or against it. They can do that. It's called kicking against the pricks. And what happens is I don't think either side is knowing the truth, actually, because 
You don't need to defend what's true if you know the truth. And to me, the truth is in Jesus Christ. It's that all things are possible because Jesus Christ showed us they were. When he lived his earthly ministry, it wasn't him showing off. It was him telling us what's possible. And when you finally get that and you apply his teachings in your life, you're going to start seeing things and doing things that are unbelievable, right? And I mean, that's part of the reason why I've gotten into hypnosis and NLP and spoon bending. And I'm going to do some even more weird stuff that are just unbelievable kind of things because I'm really wanting to learn that same power that Jesus Christ had and, and figure out how to move mountains with faith. So that question, yeah, if I, I got asked if I believe the church is true, well, I'm going to answer that next week. And it's going to be a very interesting discussion because a lot of it is linguistic related. But to be honest, you know, I'll give you this preface that I spoke to my dad and I was like, I don't really understand this statement. Like, what does it mean to say, I believe the church is true? The church is a system. All systems are imperfect. There's no perfect system in the world. And I don't even think the church was a perfect system when Jesus Christ was there. I mean, the the apostles were still fighting each other. It wasn't a perfect system. Well, anyway, thanks for listening today on Sunday. And next week, I'll dive into that topic. But please, yeah, reach out on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. And I'll put in the bio of this link... I'll put it in the bio of this episode where you can talk to me about that if you're interested in joining. I hope to get people that are listening to this podcast to come together that we can have a shared experience talking about this. It'll most likely be on a Saturday night. Okay, well, thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Ken loves to get feedback from his audience. Send him a private message or write a review so that he can discuss topics that are most relevant to your spiritual experience. Thank you for listening today and remember to join next week.